Welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers podcast. I'm Simeon, and with me today, I've got a wide assortment of guests. Uh, today's podcast is all about job hunting and alternate routes into teaching. So, first up, we've got Hannah from the Trainee Teachers segment. Hi, everyone. It's lovely to be here. And uh, we have an assortment of Hannahs today, all of whom are former teachers. So, next up, we've got Hannah S. Hello. We also have Hannah L. Hi there. And lastly, we have Hayley joining us. Hello, everyone. So uh, the idea today was we'd all talk about our experiences of getting into teaching because I've been seeing more and more on social media that some people are getting really worried about not having a full-time job secured yet. And thats it's normal to feel that way, but actually there are lots of routes into teaching and it's not panic time yet. A lot of people get jobs quite late in the day. I've even heard people, you know, starting in September. So I think, Hannah L, you were going to go first and share your experience with us. Um, yeah, so my first teaching job as an NQT, I was moving cities at the time from London to Manchester. So I sort of took the first job that came along um, and it was fine, but I, I didn't really love it. I'd been looking to go into special needs and this wasn't a special needs school. Um, so after the first year, which I did find really, really tough in that school, I actually left um, and kind of was a little bit scared of committing to another job and I didn't want to leave again after a year. Um, so I signed up with a supply agency and ended up then working in supply and in the end only for a few weeks um, before being offered a kind of medium term job as a, a maternity cover in a, in a special needs school. And I really, really loved this school. So it worked out really well because I've been able to try a few schools um, via the supply route and find this one I really liked. They offered me this maternity cover. Um, and then in the end, I ended up staying there for five years. So it was a, a really, really good way in into a job. I've heard quite a few people are sort of worried about going down this supply route. Would you have any advice for them? I'd say don't be worried. I think if you, um, I think it's a really good way of kind of showing yourself, especially if you're a bit nervous about interviews and things, and they can be quite a sort of false and pressurized situation. Whereas if, if you go via supply, you can really show that you are a good teacher. And, um, you know, if, if you're working with people you get on with, and it gives you an opportunity to see the school and check that it is the right setting for you, because it can be a very different job depending on what school you are in. Um, so I think it's it's something that is really worth doing because if you, you know, if you are looking for the right place for you, or if you are kind of, you do get nervous in interviews and you feel under pressure, it's, it's a bit more of a sort of natural way to get into a role where people can see how you are on a day-to-day basis rather than in a, in a, in a nerve wracking situation. That's a really good point. So I don't know if anyone else has found this, but often at schools I've worked at, it's been the supply teacher who ends up taking over a role when the role comes up. Yeah, I think it's quite common. Like that, you know, that's what happened to me. It was a maternity cover initially for two terms and then ended up, uh, you know, there was a full time job advertised, which I went for. And obviously, I had a bit of an advantage at the interview because they knew me. They knew that I worked well within the school. I knew the pupils really well by that point. Um, so if you find somewhere you like, <laughs> I think it's a really, really good way to get into it. That's fantastic. And could I ask, Hanarel, would you have done anything differently knowing what you know now when you were applying for jobs? 
I think for the in- initial NQT year, I would have been a little bit more patient rather than, I mean, at the time I needed a job and I needed it to be in a specific city that I didn't actually live in at the time. So I was just quite happy to to get one and go there. But I think, yeah, with hindsight, I perhaps should have been a bit more patient and found kind of the right school rather than just a school. Um, and I think the fact that you know, you can go into supply as a bit of a backup is worth bearing in mind because you have always, you know, from a financial point of view, that's a really good backup plan. And it means you don't need to to worry as much about kind of getting that job secured for, for the first September. Okay, that's fantastic. Hayley, would you mind if I asked you next to share your experience with us? Absolutely. So I actually secured my NQT job two weeks before the end of the summer term. So definitely don't give up if you haven't found anything yet. I think I was probably quite closed in my job search. So I looked for quite small schools because that was what I'd been used to. Um, My own schooling were um, both very small schools. And through my placements, um, my PGCE course, they were both small schools as well. So I only tended to look for smaller schools. Um, My NQT job was actually in a two-form entry school which wasn't really something I'd considered doing. I always thought that maybe big schools weren't for me, that I'd maybe get a little bit lost in a school that was larger. I was quite a shy um, trainee and NQT, so I really worried about that and thought that maybe a smaller school would mean like a smaller work family for me and that would be better. But I broadened my search range as it got towards the end of the year just to see what else was out there really. Went to look around this school Again, was really intimidated on the walk around because there were a huge number of people looking around. I don't think I actually said anything. I think I just quietly observed everything, took everything in and thought that probably with that many candidates that I probably wouldn't be considered for the role. But handed my application in. I actually took it with me, which is quite unusual because you normally look at tailoring it for your school, don't you, after you've seen it. But I'd learned a lot off the website and the deadline was, I think, two days after the walk round. So I found out as much as I could, went out onto the car park, thought mm, maybe I shouldn't hand it in because I probably won't get it anyway. There were loads of people there, terribly underconfident, um, and then turned around and thought, well, if I've done it, I'll go and hand it in. So I wrote the name of the head teacher on it in the foyer, handed it in. And there were, I think, six of us in our interview and I got the job. So I loved the school. I was really surprised by how much I loved a larger school because it just wasn't something I was really expecting um, to like. But it turned out to be it was something a bit different than I'd initially been looking for. But I'm so glad that I was open minded to it because it gave me so many opportunities that I maybe wouldn't have necessarily got in a smaller setting. And also it gave me like incredible support I had a really good support network there because it was that larger school so there were loads of people with loads of different expertise so it actually worked out really well for me in the end. That's fantastic and I love your story about the car park you know changing your mind and thinking actually no no I will put this in. I was just wondering do you think that's something trainees should maybe bear in mind that maybe a school they hadn't planned on could actually offer them something? I think so. I mean, I remember telling people that I was going to go and look at this school and I'd been so adamant that I would work in a small school and it would be a little village cutesy school. Um, So when I said, everyone was like, oh, that's good that you're going to look because lots of people had told me to kind of broaden my horizons a bit. And yeah, when I went to see it, I did absolutely love it. I was really surprised. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely worth 
Um, finding out more, I know it's a little bit different right now with walk-arounds and things, but definitely keep your options open, have a look at things, you know, try and talk to staff that work there if it's not possible to get a walk-around because, you know, you might get a really a really different feeling than maybe you were expecting. So, yeah, definitely, definitely keep your options open. And I will say you touched on something important there, um, which chimes with my experience. A small village school is lovely, but they may not have the best support network available for NQTs because they won't have, you know, that many staff necessarily. Absolutely. So I worked um, in my NQT school, I worked really closely with quite a few members of staff and it gave me loads of opportunities to go and observe different teachers with different specialisms. We had some really, really incredibly experienced members of SLT that I learned an awful lot from. And I think when I had that contrast, having actually done my NQT year there and could compare it to the experience I had as a trainee in my first school, which was incredibly small, um, there were only three classes and I did, I loved that. But thinking about the level of experience that I could get um, and obviously the level of support that they could give me because there were more staff to give it, you know, it was it was really, really interesting to see and definitely benefited me as maybe a less confident confident teacher. That's really nice. Hannah S, would you mind if I asked you next for your experience? Yeah, of course. Um, so I did a PGC in, in my final placement school. I was there for about six weeks and they had a job come up so I was really excited because I loved the school. I really knew the children well. And lots of other people on my course had been getting their jobs in their final placement school. So I thought, yeah, I'm a shoe in I'll get it. And I didn't get it. And I was I was quite upset by it. Um, it was a really intense interview. It was a whole day's worth of activities. So I had to do a lot of prep work for it. Um, so after that, I had a few more interviews that, again, I didn't get. So I finally managed to get a job for a few weeks before the summer holidays. And I stayed there for two years and I made some really great friends who were also NQTs. So we did like all our NQT courses together. So that was really lovely, building those bonds with people who were also NQTs. Um, and like Hayley was saying, that was a larger school as well. So that was three form entry. And um, one of the other teachers in the year group that I was in was an NQT. So we built a really close bond. And then after my two years there, I then moved to Dubai and did teaching out there. So it gave me a really great opportunity to get my NQT year done, get some more experience. I did my master's in education while I was there as well. So those two years were kind of vital to building the start of my career, really. Oh, that's amazing. And how did you find teaching abroad? I really loved it. It was great. Um, it was a really good work-life balance. Just having all of those different cultures of children and adults all together was just really lovely and just kind of really opened my eyes to the rest of the world, really. Can I ask as well, because a few people have asked this, did you say you did your master's while you were on your NQT year? I did my NQT year and then I did my master's the year after that. And did you find that manageable? Just about, yes. <laughs> it was difficult, but my school, they gave me some time off uh, one afternoon a week on top of my PPA time so that I could do my, my master's in that. And I just had to just really manage my time well. And I think I finished it off over the summer holidays that I was moving to Dubai as well. So it was a bit of a, a tight squeeze, but I managed to do it. So it is doable. Can I just ask, after you didn't get, the job at your placement school I mean that must have been tough how did you sort of pick yourself back up and get on with more interviews 
they gave me some really good feedback and I just had to look at it in that it wasn't personal. They had decided to go with a more experienced teacher rather than NQT. Um, so then I just kind of focused my search on adverts that were saying that NQTs were welcome, um, ones that had that explicitly in their, in their job app, uh, advert. And um, just looked around local schools, found ones that I thought felt nice and then applied to those ones and just kind of persevered, really. Um, I think it's it's worth keeping in mind as well that a lot of teachers who are leaving will be giving in their notice kind of a couple of weeks ago to coming up to now. I know that some people managed to get an early release from their contract. So even now there'll be jobs coming up. So it's it's worth to stick at it until the summer holidays really that happened at our school a teacher had an early release and we got a new teacher two weeks before the end of summer so it really can happen um can i go now to our own hannah to share your experience yeah of course no problem so i did an undergraduate degree at teesside university in early childhood studies and then i did the pgc primary route at durham university um, my first interview was a bit of a shock to the system room because I didn't really know what to expect. And it was an all-day process, which was a 20-minute lesson and three tasks in the morning. And then some candidates got sent home at lunchtime and it was the formal interview in the afternoon. And unfortunately, I didn't get the job, so I, I literally started panicking and applied for anything and everything. And I took a job in my second interview, even though I had reservations about starting the job in January, which this contract was for. And I really struggled in that year with mental health and things. And I wish I'd trusted my gut really and went for the right school to come along. And it eventually did, but I just wish I'd been a little bit more patient really. Yeah, it's really hard when you, you feel like you need to have a job though. Um, what would you say to trainees who are sort of feeling that way at the minute? I know it's easier said than done, but do try and wait. If you get the feeling that a school maybe isn't right for you, then hold off. It takes a lot of time and effort to put a, a job application together. So you may as well wait and just apply for skills that you think really suit you and your strengths. So I would definitely hold out, definitely. And you said, Hannah, that you took the kind of apply to everything approach. Would you recommend that? Or looking back, do you think that that wasn't such a good move? Absolutely not. No, it was it kind of got to the point where my applications were kind of generalised. I was just changing little bits and bobs and I started not getting interviews, which I was in the, in the start. So I did kind of hold off eventually and I did get I did get the, my dream job, really. So, yeah, we definitely hold off and try and personalise your application forms to the individual schools. Thanks, Hannah. So don't go anywhere, everyone, because I want to ask you if you have any job hunting tips for the trainees out there, but I thought I'd share my story. I'm afraid it's probably the most boring of all the stories we've heard because it's fairly straightforward. But I think there there is one or two, there are one or two good things you can take from it. Uh, so I applied only to two schools. The first school I applied to, I went on a walk round. The head showed me round after school. I was the only one there. It was an outstanding school, small country primary, loved it, got on with the head brilliantly, um, was so behind their ethos. It was a lovely school. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I walked out of the building thinking, yeah, this, this job is mine, basically. The head was so keen, so enthusiastic, um, you know, didn't want to let me out of the building. So I, I rushed my application in, couldn't wait to get it in, and then a couple of weeks later, didn't even get an interview. Um, so... <laughs> 
I, I rang up for feedback because I, I was convinced the head liked me. And she gave me some really tough but good feedback. She said, yeah, I did like you. I thought you were the best candidate we'd seen, but your application wasn't good enough. I couldn't even give you an interview. You need to sort it out. Uh, so that that was hard to swallow, but I did sort it out. I, I went back and worked on it. And then a couple of weeks later, a job came up in my placement school. And my placement school was a really good school. It was known to the university uh, and it had a good relationship with them. So a lot of, you know, my classmates came to interview. And because I'd been at the placement school, I had to show them around and sort of make them tea and things, uh, which wasn't actually as bad as it sounds. But, you know, when you're in a competitive situation and you've got that on top, it, it did, you know, kind of add to the pressure a bit. But I was really nice to them. I did my best. And in the end, I got the job. But going back to what we said earlier, I loved the school and I stayed there for my whole teaching career, but it was a small country primary and looking back now, I think it maybe wasn't the best place for me to do an NQT year in terms of support. I think once I got through my first couple of years and I I was kind of more confident with what I was doing in class, I was okay, but I could have used more support early on. Right, so I'd love to go back round and sort of see if we got any job hunting advice for trainees who are maybe struggling to get interviews or haven't found the right place for them yet. Uh, Hannah L, would you mind if I went back to you? Yeah, no problem. Um, I, I was just thinking with you mentioning um, applications, actually, because um, in my most recent teaching job, I was uh, head of department. So I did a lot of interviewing people and a lot of reading people's applications. And you do need to stand out and you do need to kind of get your foot in the door via that process. And I think, you know, you need to be, make sure that, first of all, you've looked at the kind of specifications that the school wants and made sure that you've covered all those things, but also kind of show your personality a bit. And they want to know what you're passionate about and that you're kind of making yourself stand out a little bit and showing that you're different and you're not just kind of box ticking all the things that they know that, you know, they're going to expect you to have and want you to have, but have that little bit extra as well. And I think the other thing is just to kind of approach interview it's difficult because they are nerve-wracking but try and kind of approach them quite confidently and think about actually it's almost like a matchmaking thing that it's not just do they want you but do you is that the right place for you and do you want to be there and kind of go in with that kind of confident mindset of you're looking for the right place for you as well as kind of them wanting to employ employ you in the role I think that's such a good mindset to have for an interview it's tough though I always thought with interviews, they're not just looking for someone with um, you know, the qualifications, they're looking for someone they would like to work with. So, I mean, there is an element of personality in there and some of it's within our control. You know, we can turn up and smile and be personable and talk to everyone we can. And sometimes it's out of our control and we just aren't quite the right fit for that job. Right. Hayley, would you mind if I asked you next? course um so i would just say for me it's the top tip is just keep persevering i know it is so difficult when you get rejected so i think the second interview that i went to i got such positive feedback during the day everything seemed to go really well i was really proud of my lesson i felt quite confident coming out of the questions and i didn't get the job and the feedback from that one was basically someone just picked you to the post 
when I asked them what I could improve on, they couldn't really give me too many pointers. And it was just soul-destroying to know that I was so close but didn't get it. So kind of picking myself up from that was really difficult. It took me a little while. I didn't apply for anything for a little while. But then I went into my third time lucky interview with quite a positive mindset of if this is the school for me and they like me and I do a good job, they will hire me. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll see what else is out there. So it's just a case of persevering and people will see your personality shine through in the right setting for you. I think quite a lot of working in schools is who they kind of think will fit really well with their children and their team. And you can't be that for everyone, but there definitely is a school out there for everybody. So keep going, you will get there. That's really good advice. Hannah S, would you mind if I asked you next? Yeah, of course. I think it kind of feeds back to Haley's advice and also to your story, Simeon. Always ask for feedback and use it in your future applications. I think it's it's so, so useful to get somebody else's perspective on either your lesson that you're doing or your interview style and then to be able to use that for future applications. I think it's just a, a really good thing to be able to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no harm in asking. I mean, the worst that can happen really is they say no we're not giving feedback um yeah completely agree you should always ask and if possible get as much feedback as you can on your application before you put it in it's difficult because you might not want to show your application to even your teacher friends who are applying for the role but maybe members of your family or friends who aren't teachers just try and get a lot of feedback on that or you can always talk to us on twitter we look at personal statements to try and help. Right. Am I right? We're on Hannah from the trainee teachers segment. Ah, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, my advice is just try and do as much research on the school before you go um, and just be yourself. I think like Hayley said, when, when you're in the right setting, they will see that your personality is a great fit for the school. So just be yourself and be confident, really, because the right school's out there for everybody. That's really nice. And can I ask just one more thing before we go? Thinking specifically about applications, what would you say to someone who had put in a lot of apps but wasn't getting interviews? Is there any help or advice you could offer there? I'll give you guys a second to think. I I think, you know, I've given my advice, just get it looked at as much as possible, get it looked at. And I, I will say I've seen a lot of applications, probably over 100 this year, And it's very rare I spot one without any punctuation mistakes anywhere on it. So really, really proofread. Use the read aloud function on Word. That's really good for proofreading. And Grammarly is excellent. Right. Hannah L, do you have anything for people with their applications? Um, Yeah, I'd agree with what you said about proofreading. Um, And also just reading carefully what the school is asking for so I know because I've worked in in special needs education often there's a specific question it's not just a general personal statement um so it might be that you need to tailor what you've written for the specific question that you've been given so I think just making sure you know if, if they've given you a limit and it says no more than one A4 page stick to that because I think from uh, you know from the point of view of someone who's receiving the applications they want to see that you have kind of followed the instructions that they've given. Absolutely. And I think earlier you mentioned the job specification. Yeah. So it's a really good idea. We've talked about this before to get out the job spec before you write your application and just jot down how you meet each point in the job spec. We actually have a resource for this, which I'll link to below called an executive summary. 
um, but you can just do it on a notepad. If you've got an idea how you meet every point on a job spec before you even apply, your application will be much, much stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And I think trying to sort of weave that in sort of subtly almost into your personal statement and into your application as well so that you're covering everything that they've asked for on the job specification but not sounding like you've just gone through it as a checklist to kind of uh, you know putting it into into a kind of cohesive um, paragraphs and things so that it, it reads really naturally although actually what you have done is exactly that and gone through and checked that you've got them all yeah and that's really hard to do actually in two sides of a4 it is yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, Hayley, could I ask you, do you have any advice? Um, I think as well as making sure that you're matching everything on the job spec, it's just trying to find those little kind of opportunities to show you. I think it was actually a family member that pointed out in one of my applications that I'd gone so close to the job spec that it didn't really sound like me anymore. And I remember thinking well, I've had to match the job spec. But actually, when I looked at it, I maybe hadn't included examples of like the way I'd been creative and matched the kind of elements of the job um, spec. So I think it's just trying to find those little glimmers of like you, things that you're really passionate about and making sure you can kind of weave those in because they'll have lots of applications where people match most of, if not all of the elements on the job spec. But those little bits that make you you and make you a little bit different will be the bits that make you stand out. And I know from having read quite a few applications myself, if I see something that's different to the others, I'm like, ooh, I'm interested in that person. Yeah, I'd really like to meet them and see what they're about. So it's finding that balance, isn't it, of getting the job spec, but also making sure that it really reflects you and your values as well. That's such a good tip. And I think it's especially important for teachers because they have to have similar skill sets. Everyone has to be good with differentiation, behavior management. Everyone has to understand inclusion. Um, Everyone has to be able to do a bit of ICT and everyone will probably volunteer to run a club. So what makes people stand out and what makes a really good application is seeing some personality come through right uh, could I ask Hannah S do you have any tips for us yeah so I was just going to say just to kind of shout about the things that you've been doing on your placements anything that you've set up on your own so maybe you've set up an intervention group or done something that you've been really passionate about that, that's really helped the school so just kind of shout about all of those opportunities that you've had and how you've you've helped the school in those ways um, I think that's just a really good piece of advice to, to put on your application as well Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we always say, try and give an example. You know, if you're saying you're creative, try and show us, give us a creative lesson you taught that had a really nice outcome and helped the school. That will go down very well. Right. Could I ask then, Hannah? Yeah, no, I was just going to say exactly what you said, Simeon, where we've said in the past on our podcast that we've done as a trainee teachers team to always give an example when you're answering a question on your, on your application form about how you meet their expectations and how you've impacted the children's learning. And again, just, just check your grammar. It's so easy once you've looked at the same application over and over again to miss things out to get somebody to read it and read it out loud, I would definitely suggest. Yeah, absolutely. Would anyone have anything else they want to say before we wrap up? Okay, fantastic. That's easy. I like this. Um, so I've, I've got to, a few things I've got to remember. Oh, sorry, Hannah L, do you, do you have something you want to say? <laughs> I was just going to say good luck. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. I'd like to thank Hannah L, Hannah S, Hannah and Hayley 
for joining us today and giving up their time. I hope that's been helpful for all the trainees out there. Do keep going. And if you're feeling like it's really hard, it's a slog, get in touch with us. We love to talk to you and we'll do whatever we can to help. You can find us on Hannah. I'm going to do yours first today on Instagram. Please check out our Instagram because <laughs> I forgot last time. Um, I'll let you wrap it in the end. Thank you. On our Facebook page, and we also, um, we've updated, we now have an ECT branch of our Facebook page. We've got Twitter. We've got, let me see what haven't we got. We've got a new TikTok. Check out our new TikTok. It's fantastic. You can see Hannah dancing on the new TikTok. It's definitely not that fantastic. I'm not the best mover. Uh, we've also got, let me see, a YouTube, a Discord, and this podcast will be available on Spotify. And am I, am I forgetting any, Hannah? I think that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we've got them all. We're on a few at the moment, aren't we? So we're yeah. everywhere. I'll also mention our blog page, which is full of advice on job hunting. And you can find that just by going on the main Twinkle website and searching uh, trainee teachers and you'll be able to find it there. And there's also lots of job hunting resources on there for you. So thank you so much for listening. Good luck and take care. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. You, you, can, you guys, you can all say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.